So, good morning church. How you doing? This is uh, the third, I think, of our online uh, sermons, talks. Uh, this is Palm Sunday uh, and uh, I'm here to uh, talk to you about Psalm 11. I- I'll mention briefly the uh, Palm Sunday story, but really I want to talk about this word, this passage that I think Father's put on my heart to share with you this morning. I'm going to read it, make some thoughts on it then, but first let's just uh, pray, shall we? Father, bless you for your word. Father, we pray that as we read and think about it together, your Holy Spirit would take the truth that's in your word and speak it into our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, uh, here we go. This is Psalm 11 from the NIV. In the Lord I take refuge. How then can you say to me, flee like a bird to your mountain? For look, the wicked bend their bows, they set their arrows against the strings, to shoot from the shadows of the upright in heart. When the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. The Lord examines the righteous, but the wicked, those who love violence, he hates with a passion. On the wicked he will rain fiery coals and burning sulphur, Scorching wind will be their lot. For the Lord is righteous. He loves justice. The upright will see his face. This is a a psalm, a psalm of David. And clearly from his historic context, a little bit about that first. uh, He's in a situation where people are getting at him. He talks about the wicked bending their bows, setting an arrow to a string to shoot at him. And he talks about them shooting from the shadows, to shoot from the shadows the upright in heart. As if somehow they're quite sneaky in the way they've been attacking him. Well, we don't know whether it's a real assault, a you know, physical assault, or, or a sort of people being vindictive and saying bad things, or trying to just attack his authority, who knows. But he's under attack from the wicked, from people who would not want to see God's kingdom grow. And he says, verse 3, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? He he got a sense that, you know, the whole thing's falling apart. The foundations are falling apart. I suppose that's partly why initially this this scripture resonated with me, because uh, that's sort of what's happened in a funny way. Um, For us, it has been weird, because the the foundations, the way we normally do stuff, the methods, the techniques, the, the things that have sort of the fabric... Not the core, but the sort of bits and pieces around our lives. The way we do church has like fallen apart. <laughs> uh, my diary is just like not like it was. It's really weird in a way. And 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 the techniques that we have, like I say, to, to talk to people and see people. You know, who knew what Zoom was three weeks ago, and suddenly everyone's using it. Now David knows his real refuge in the Lord. He starts off saying, in the Lord is my refuge. He knows his security is there. But the people who, and maybe they're his advisors rather than the enemy, are saying to him, flee like a bird to your mountain. Go, look David, they're saying, there's a lot of bad stuff going on. Why don't you run to your safe place? Why don't you go to the place where your mountain says, you know, your safe place away from all this stuff that's going down and getting difficult for you. 
And David uh, recognises that the, the fight's on, for sure. But he says, verse 3 to 4, when the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? It's a rhetoric question. He's going to answer it. What can the righteous do? But his answer to the question is, in a way, not what they do. It's the truth of where they are. Because the answer is, the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord is on his heavenly throne. He examines, sorry, he observes everyone on earth. His eyes examine them. See, what David knows is that the Lord is still in his holy temple. Of course, his day, David saw that's a physical place. God's presence now is in here. Whatever's going on, the fact I can no longer meet people but have to do it on some uh, e-technique doesn't matter because God's still here. God hasn't changed. God hasn't taken flight and gone somewhere else. God is still in his holy temple. He's still on his heavenly throne. He's still in authority. He's still in charge. He's still faithful to all his promises. The um, message translation uh, puts this bit like this. Oh, this is like verse 4. But God hasn't moved to the mountains. His holy address hasn't changed. He's in charge as always. His eyes taking everything in. His eyelids unblinking, observing men. The Lord is still in his holy temple. And, and because of that, David knows that he doesn't need to flee to his mountains. He doesn't need to run away from the battle. And I think that's the core message uh, to us as a community, as a church, at this time. I mean, it's the truth that God is still on his holy throne. God is still in his holy temple. He's still close to you, church. The fact that we can't meet physically. And I know, get great encouragement from that. I've had to learn much more. Uh, some different ways of doing things. I mean... I, last week it was great to worship online. It's true that in our house with uh, Ali can sing well and my voice is awful. So you know, normally in church my voice gets hidden out by other people singing. So it's a bit more obvious how badly out of tune I am. But it was great. And you were doing worship. I've had to learn to pray uh, with people online much more. Which I have done a bit of that in the past, but it's become much more a standard thing now. But the fact we've got new ways of doing things doesn't mean to say that the core is changed holy spirit is still living in each one of us we're still called to press in to to host that presence to know more of his presence in our lives to seek it and there's opportunities aren't there there is less pressure of time in a way on things more time to read to pray to meditate to seek his presence to press in to what he has for us you see for a bit I suppose the first couple of days I was lay <laughs> freedom <laughs> got jobs done did some of the jobs on the list I have at home of jobs to do and then after a while I went almost like a sort of oh, can't be bothered for the phase I think removing all the structure of my life made me a little hmm, yeah. so what I got loads of emails wanting references on people and thought, oh, it'll be fine. And, and I found myself in a place, you know, speaking to the Lord about it really, where I, I just felt this sense of almost lethargy spiritually. I don't know if you just shared that, who knows, maybe it's just me. Yeah, I'm a bit weird, I know. But, but I think this psalm, I think the word here calls us back to that. 
He says, look, don't run away from the battle. The spiritual battle is still there. We're still fighting it. Remember, it's Ephesians 6, isn't it? Where Paul says, uh, <clears throat> for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Don't back off from the battle. Keep doing the battle. Keep doing the gatekeeping stuff. Keep sit praying in authority, taking, taking the authority we have in Christ against the works of the enemy. Now whatever the big thing here is, in detail, Satan is still always trying to destroy, trying to sow fear and confusion and division. Pray against that. Take the authority over it, church. And God is still on his heavenly throne building the kingdom. The techniques are slightly different to what they were three weeks ago. The tools are different. I don't think it matters to God here at all. And I'd be fascinated to see what Father is doing through this time. Because he will be using this time to purify and strengthen the church to, to build his kingdom. It, it, rather, it rather got me um, thinking a bit like, you know, thinking what comparisons there were. And there's that comparison with Paul when he's like in chains. Um, do you know Colossians 4? Colossians 4, 3, I think it is. And he says, and pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clear as I should. Pray that I may proclaim it clear as I should. Paul's in chains. He couldn't go out. I suppose he probably could have visitors, which which we can't. But he asks the church to pray for him. That he proclaim the gospel. That proclamation, who knows where it comes. I mean, I've met people on footpaths maintaining two metre distance. There ought to be a new sign, which is basically, you know, a narrow footpath with passing places. Because quite often I've had to go back like half a mile to find a passing place or pile into a bramble hedge. But weirdly... People cross the road when you're coming along to the other side. But they're quite open to talk from two metres. Church, be open to what God's calling us to do. Keep pressing in that spiritual battle. Who is it today that you need to do a video call with to encourage, to share a word of encouragement, to pray with? And let's pray for each other. And for our church, that we proclaim, as Paul says, the mystery of Christ. Proclaim the gospel as clearly as we should. We'll have opportunities for that. Let's, let's, let's see them. But it's a spiritual battle. David was encouraged to run to his safe place, run to your mountains. But he knew that God was still in his holy temple. God was still on his heavenly throne. And because of that, he doesn't need to run. What he needs to do is to be in the battle, but with Father on his side. And that psalm ends up, the very last verse of that psalm ends up, uh, for the Lord is righteous, he loves justice, the upright will see his face. Pray for you this week, church, that in the strange surroundings we've got, you will see a bit more of God's face. The truth that we live in will become more of the truth we know. Bless you. Have a great week. I'll just pray for you now. And for me too. Father, I pray that you'd help us to 
continue in that spiritual battle you called us to. That we'd use different tools, but for the same goal. Father, that we'd be open to what your Spirit's calling us to be and do in this time. Father, despite the limitations, bring us closer to you, closer to Jesus, and closer to each other. In Jesus' name. Amen. Bless your church.